This is the Sports Psychology Hour with Dr. Andrew Jacobs. I cannot express the gratitude what my son came and visited you. Dr. Jacobs has been in practice for 43 years as a sports psychologist. I have seen a change in youth sports in the last 10, 15 years. I've talked about it a lot on this show. The Sports Psychology Hour, the best advice on the radio each and every week. Failure and losing and screwing up is something that happens in life. It happens in sports. And I think we have to teach kids how to do that more effectively. This is where sports talk gets real. That word playing, it's gone from our society in a lot of ways with kids. And now, here's your host, rated as one of the best therapists in Kansas City by OnlineTherapy.com, Dr. Andrew Jacobs. Good morning, everybody. I am sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs, and I am very happy to be with you this morning with my producer, Cavell Hudson. We're here live in studio here at Sports Radio 810 WHB. This show's been here for, I'm in my 33rd year on the radio, last 23 years here at Sports Radio 810 WHB. Love doing the show with you every Sunday morning as we talk about the mental side of sports. The mental side. I'll tell you what, the NFL playoffs are going on now, as you as you know. And here in Kansas City, if you're a Chiefs fan, which not everybody is, but most people are, uh, last night was quite the quite the game. I was there at an Arrowhead, and uh, the temperature. I, I, I was at a game, I remember, in the late in the mid-90s against Indianapolis where it was zero and the Chiefs lost uh, the Lynn Elliott missed three field goal game. But last night was worse, I think, temperature-wise. And all I know is when my son and I walked to our car after the game, I've never never been in colder weather. The wind was blowing straight from the west, northwest probably. And uh, let me tell you something, that was something else, but... What an exciting night that was at Arrowhead Stadium last night. And the fans were incredible. The teams, I, I tell you, I, I admire both those teams to go out there and play in this weather. Because that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about confidence. What is it? How you build it? How you destroy it? Because last night you saw from the Kansas City Chiefs side, an extreme amount of self-confidence. You know, I always like to say you can have two athletes who are physically the same, but the one with a stronger mind will come out on top. Last night, the Kansas City Chiefs demonstrated, and I work with, with a couple of players privately. You saw their confidence come out last night. I think playing at home obviously makes a huge difference now in the playoffs. But confidence is the foundation you know, you've got to be physically skilled. You've got to have that ability. But if mentally you're not there, it's not going to happen. If you listen to interviews during the week from both sides, as well as the other teams in the playoffs, there's there's a reflection on self-confidence being stated by everybody. And with the weather being such a big issue here, and this morning it is, I think it's about eight or nine below, Temperature-wise, driving into the studio this morning. Rod Cavell, it's pretty dark cold, man. It is really cold out there. <laughs> Frigid. Yeah. Um, but I think you heard the players say 
not going to let the temperature be an issue. And it, for, for their perspective, it wasn't. I mean, obviously it affected them. You saw situations last night where, where the cold got to, to players, especially on Miami's side. I think there is some validity to the fact that, that they don't play in this type of weather. And Southern Florida is not like this. I was there a couple weeks ago. It was 70 degrees. And I think getting adjusted, your body getting adjusted to this and your mind getting adjusted is important. But the Chiefs mentioned, several Chiefs players mentioned, we're not going to, this is a mental thing. The temperature is going to be what the temperature is going to be. We've got to play in it. Now, I know a lot of people said, and I've heard this from many people, why would the NFL let a game be played in that type of situation? And as my son, Jonathan, and I left the game, he said, Dad, I sure as heck hope nobody died last night here, or tonight here. And I agree, you know, I've, he, he's right. I mean, it was bitterly cold. And I, but I think most people, you know, dressed appropriately. I did see a couple people take their shirts off, which I just don't get it. I'm 69 years old. Even when I was 20-something, I wouldn't have done that in that weather. But I think... You saw something last night from a confidence perspective from the Kansas City Chiefs side. And we'll see where it goes from here. So that's all I want to get into today. I want to get into self-confidence. What is it? How do you build it? How do you destroy it? I know it's early. I know it's frigid outside. But I'd love to get calls about this today as we, we talk throughout the show. You know, self-confidence to me is the ability to believe in your skills, your ability, and who you are, what you're about. It's something that can be easily destroyed and take a long time to build back up. But I think confidence, let's face it, it, like I said earlier, you can have two athletes who are physically the same that want the stronger mind to come out on top. What is a stronger mind? I think it has a lot to do with not being afraid to fail, not being afraid to screw up, not being afraid to make mistakes, and to come back on the next play, the next next event, whatever it might be. Cavell, let me ask this question. You've played sports. You've been an athlete. When was your confidence at its peak? And when did you find the self-doubt in there? My athletic peak? Yes, sir. Hmm, I had a few different peaks. You I know? figure you're going to say you're still at your peak, but we know that. But, but, but no, you know, but, like Tom Brady, you know, he had like three or four peaks. That's kind of how I, but uh, where you know my peak. Um, yeah, I guess I can go to my JUCO days when I was built like a young stallion, you know. And what happened? You know, <laughs> <laughs> life, <laughs> processed food and yeah. dairy and gluten. But anyway, um, so yeah, when I was at my peak. It's probably two thousand and nine. That's probably peak. This specimen here. I was I was a specimen for sure, but I I got redshirted my freshman year. I was in the peak, but I was still one hundred fifty five pounds. And yeah, I guess so. But men- mentally, where were you? Mentally, I was on top of the world until I got redshirted. Okay, and how did getting redshirted affect you? Positively or negatively? Oh, negatively. Okay. You know, they told me I, they had a plan for me and they wanted me to get bigger. But I heard it as you're you're, you're not good enough. Yes. You heard it. Okay. So so let's 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 get into that because I think this 
this is the whole premise behind why I want to talk about this today. Self-confidence is, many people have told me, Doc, it's like the wind. You know, when it's, when it's, when it's strong, you're feeling great. And when it's, when it's blown the wrong way, boy, it tears you apart. Yeah. I think a lot of it has to do with the foundation of who we are and how we learn and grow from failure as a younger person. Because I think we're all going to fail. We're all going to screw up. We, we, it happens to all of us. Yeah. It can be at work, in sports, in relationships, whatever. Failure is part of everything we do. Everybody doesn't succeed every time. Yeah. But but I think that the ability to believe in yourself, your skills, your talents comes from an understanding of success and failure. So here you are, 155 pounds. Of, of just a rock. Top of the world. Mm-hmm. And the coach says, we're redshirting you. All right? What did that do to you mentally? What did that do in your to your head? What did that? What did that? How'd you interpret that? It made me feel. I guess if I'm, I felt like they didn't think that I could help the team win. So I felt that I took that as a slight, you know. But really, he said in this conference, I wouldn't have been able to hold up with my body, and I didn't hear that. I heard this little dude ain't good enough. So what? How how'd you? move on from that or, or or were you able to move on from that i eventually got kicked off the team because i essentially started a war with the coaches because i felt like the world was against me okay so if i was to do it again if i was to go back there i would just accept the plan and hear what they're saying and be confident in myself that i could come back the next year you know but that didn't happen well that's where the role of a coach comes in to me it's so imperative that, that, you know, I always say a good coach is a good psychologist. A bad coach is a sports psychologist. Good coaches are good communicators. Great coaches are good listeners. And I think really excellent coaches take the time to get to understand their athletes, get to try to understand their strengths and weaknesses, try to understand what it's going to take for them to get better. And sometimes they'll try to break them down to see how they're going to handle that negativity to build them back up. Yeah. So, obviously, that didn't happen with you. No, but I have I have a good one, though. Okay. All right, so it's not athletically. It was Doesn't me. matter. It was me as a, as a comedian, as a stand-up. I was doing com- comedy for about two years, two and a half years. I did a show in Columbia. and the lady Columbia, Missouri. Columbia, Missouri. Not the country. No, no. <laughs> they had to bring send the Army with me if I'm going to Columbia. <laughs> But, um, but yeah, so I got booked on another show in Columbia, and it was in Stevens College. It's a college out in Columbia. Right. And it was a fashion show, but she booked me to do 20 minutes, 15 to 20 minutes. And, you know, I was on top of the world at this time. You know, I was like, I can't miss. I haven't had a bad show yet. And I asked her, I said, so, so should this be clean? Is Should this be a specific Should there be specific subject matter? And she said, no, just do your thing. Uh Uh-oh. And I had... Uh Uh, uh, Uh-oh. What am I going to hear now? I know what's going to come out now. Yes, I even had some older comedians that had been doing comedy, and they said, hey, you should prepare to be clean. And I'm like, ah. She said, said, just do my thing. And, you know, and I show up there that day, get to Stevens College, and I see a whole bunch of kids are running around. And I'm like, hmm. 
I wonder what event these kids are going to. And grandparents, I wonder what's going on. And then I walk into the, what's it called, auditorium? Is that what you would call it? It was in the big... Yeah, yeah, auditorium. Yeah, I walk in there, and it was just kids and grandparents. You had to change your story quick. Yes, and you know, today, as the comedian, I'll be able to adjust. But me, two years in, as still a green, new comedian, yeah, I, I, I went up there. I was supposed to do 20 minutes, and I did four and a half minutes. And I had to say, basically to the host, okay, come get this mic from me. Because I had jokes that I was going to start offensive like that my right. jokes were. But, yeah, as a matter of fact, I remember a girl in the front row. She said, well, well uh, and I said, yeah, I don't have anything at one point. And she said, well, bring the, she said, well, bring the host back on. He was funny. And even today, I have a great comeback for that. But in that moment, my confidence went from, a hundred to about eight and a half. And yeah, it was on social media. And you remember it to this day very clearly. And that's, 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 that's my whole point is I think in, in sports, especially little life, but, but especially in sports, self-confidence for an athlete has a lot to do with a lot of factors, how we're raised. You know, we're all reflections of three things. Our genetics, we can't change. The way we were raised that we can't change, but the environment we're in now we can do a lot about. And I think for athletes, learning how to fa- it, it, learning how to fail, make mistakes at a, at a younger age, builds up that confidence with you if you're given the right support. And that's where coaches come into play. For sure. Because that's where I think really excellent coaches for younger kids don't berate them when they mess up. Don't get angry at them if they make a mistake. Because it's not about the coach, it's about the athlete. What they do with the athlete is they'll pull them aside and say, okay, let's talk about why you made that mistake. At practice, we're going to work on this. If you struck out, we'll talk about you know watching for pitches. If you missed a shot, let's work on your, your technique. Okay, if you, if you drop the ball, where is your concentration at? Great coaches take the time to work on that and build the athletes up. They don't knock them down. And that's where I think the confidence level gets so strong. And so I'd like to open up our phone lines. A lot of people are still in bed if they went to the game last night. There weren't many cars out on the road this morning. It's way below zero. The wind chill's, I think, 29, 30 below. Half the city's going to be sick. So, well, let's hope everyone's taking care of themselves and being safe. But I'd love to hear from you. If you are a coach, you know, we get coaches calling the show all the time. If you're a coach, how do you build up confidence with your athletes? And at the same time, how does it get destroyed? Our phone number is 913-3810-810. You know, one of the, the Chiefs players that I work with texted me before the game, said this is going to be one of the most difficult environments I've ever played in, meaning the, the weather. But he said, Doc, I'm ready to go. He goes, my mind's there. My focus is there. It's going to be hard, but I'm ready to go. So his attitude was, hey, this is going to be hard, but I'm ready for it. Instead of, this is going to be hard, oh gosh, I don't know, I can do it. That's where kind of, and that, that particular guy did great last night. So it's about the ability to believe in yourself, your skills. But I think that's where learning about failure as a younger athlete, learning about failure in your, in your life as you're growing up, and how it is addressed and dealt with you makes a big impact on you. All right, we're going to go to our first break here. I'd love to hear from you if you're a coach, you're an athlete, you're a parent, you're a teacher. 
How do you build self-confidence in the athletes you work with? If you're an athlete, how do you handle negativity or failure? Like Cavell was mentioning when he was told he's being redshirted. How do you deal with that as, as, as an athlete, as a person? Do you take that as, I'm not good enough, what's wrong with me, I'm terrible, I suck, whatever? Or do you take that as a challenge? All right, what do I have to do to get better? Our phone number is 913-3810-810. 913-3810-810. If you're watching the playoffs this weekend, you're going to, I promise you, you'll hear references to what I'm talking about by players and coaches in the postgame press conferences about their self-confidence, believing in themselves, believing in what they could do, or not having it and not believing it. 913-3810-810 is the number on sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. We're on the leader in sports, Sports Radio 810 WHB. Good morning, everybody. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. This is the Sports Psychology Hour from our flagship station, Sports Radio 810 WHB here in Kansas City. I'm here every Sunday morning from 7 to 8 a.m. talking about the mental side of sports. Today's topic is self-confidence, how you build it, how you destroy it. And I'd love to hear from you if you're, you've played sports and you felt like your confidence was never where it should have been. You felt like your coaches didn't believe in you, your teammates didn't believe in you, your family didn't believe in you, whoever it was. You didn't feel like you are good enough or you were strong enough or you could do it. Our phone number is 913-3810-810. The role of a coach is, is so important in the development of, of an athlete's mindset and skill set. And that's where what you say as a coach, how you help the young people that you work with handle success and failure becomes so important. So... If you're a coach and you can tell you have an athlete on your team who shows that self-doubt, that that questions their abilities, their skills, how do you try to work with them on that? Or do you? Or do you just say, they're not good enough, I'm not going to worry about that? You know, I think great coaches, and I've been around a lot of them, and I've been around some pretty bad ones too, but the great coaches really take the time to understand the athlete's mindsets. They try to understand what makes them who they are. And along the line of that, helping them deal with fear. I think confidence and fear go hand in hand. If you're confident, you're really not afraid of anything. You're not afraid to fail. You're not afraid to screw up. But if you are afraid, then you do. It becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. And so when you watch professional athletes, top-notch collegiate athletes, Olympians. Obviously, physically, they're very skilled people, but mentally they are as well. And I think one of the keys that they've learned in their in their development is about failure. They do not become, the ones that survive and really do great, I have found are not afraid to fail. They're not afraid to screw up. They're not afraid to mess up. They're not afraid to make a mistake. When they do, it challenge, it, it's a personal challenge for themselves to get better. Whereas the athletes who have trouble surviving and getting through it, 
they get scared of it. They lose their focus. They lose their confidence and they fall apart. All right. So Cavell, let's go back to what you said. You're, was that a freshman or sophomore year in high school? As far as when you were told you're being redshirted. No, that was a freshman year of college. Okay. A college. Okay. Yes. So obviously going off to college, you've got some self-confidence to play. Yes. Okay. And then you're being told you're being redshirted. Yes. What did that, do, what did that do to you mentally? And then how did the coaches work with you or not work with you? Or did they, did they blow you off? Well, so the, the the staff there wasn't the issue. And what I think the issue was, and we've talked about it before, the issues were... The my, issue was you, well, yes, my friend. Yes, and the root cause of that was the four years that I spent at my high school, the coach that I had, you know, the stuff that you were saying, you know, things that you say a good coach needs, you know, to be a good psychiatrist, to help build players up. Psychologist. Help. Psychologist. I knew, yeah. We're not using drugs here. Okay, okay. <laughs> It's a metaphoric drug. Well, so people so just let me start. So, because a lot of people get confused, psychologists have a PhD or a PsyD. A psychiatrist is a medical doctor. Basically, psychiatrists, even though they do talk therapy, also prescribe medication. Psychologists, unless they're specifically licensed to do it, don't prescribe medications, talk therapy. But anyway, go ahead. Okay. All right. But um. But yeah. So like my high school coaches, I had two. They they weren't building you up they weren't trying to tell you hey you're bad at this or this is what you need to work on but you're good at this and this so you need to do this it was more of if you can't do this then then you're a scrub or or something so they always tried to do this whole challenge thing so when i was told i was red shirting it just brought me back to every situation back when i was in high school so it brought you back to all the negative things all the negative things yeah. so what okay so did your college coaches work with you on that? Did, did you know you're redshirted, but you're still part of the team? You're you're practicing. I don't think I gave them an opportunity to. So you so okay. So that's where then you took the the perspective and attitude. Okay, the heck with them. They don't believe in me. Blink these why guys. should I? Why should I even try for them? The heck with them. Yes. And, okay. And you know, even when I got redshirted, he said I was the toughest running back on the roster. They 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 enjoyed me there. As a matter of fact, my nickname was Obama then. Couldn't tell you what. I had a fade, but that's when Obama won presidency in 08. So, like, yeah, and I just, like, I guess I'm close enough. But, yeah, that was my nickname, Obama, given to me by my position coach. But, he, yeah, he was very – he was trying to work with me and trying to coach me, but I, I wasn't used to being coached. So I don't think I was prepared for that moment and what I had to do. So physically you may have had a lot of skills, but mentally you didn't. Yes. Because mentally you were you were scared, you were afraid, because you when you had failed before, you weren't given the support to get better. Yes. So physically you're able to get by, but mentally that, that didn't help. Well, that's the whole point I'm trying to get at today. So I, I think, you know, if like I said, love to hear from you if you're a coach. If you've, you coach young people, how do you help them overcome negativity, screwing up mistakes? Because we're all going to do it. It happens to everybody, especially in the world of sports. Because the role a coach has is to guide, teach, develop, and work with, with the people they're, they're, they're coaching. And, fail, you know, like I said, when you fail, you have two ways to, to react to that. 
you can either look at it as a learning experience. Hey, the first thing you're going to be is frustrated and upset and ticked off, right? Anybody, anybody who cares, that's how they're going to feel. But then it's like, okay, what do I need to do to move on? And I think if you have a strong foundation and you've been, you've been, I think, taught how to handle that, it doesn't phase you, it doesn't knock you down. It challenges you to get better. But if you're someone who didn't have the right support, it tears you up. All right, once again, our phone number here is 913-3810-810. If you're a coach, how do you build confidence in the athletes and teams you work with? And have you found there have been times when you screwed up with that? I'd love to hear from you. I'd love to hear from a coach who'd be willing to, to say, Doc, you know what? I, I screwed up and here's why. If you're an athlete, how do you build your confidence with yourself? You know, I co-authored a book with Pete Malone, coached the Kansas City Blazers for 40 years, coached numerous Olympians, gold medalists, Jeff Montgomery, who the Kansas City Royals all-time closer, worked with me and wrote our book, Just Let Him Play, guiding parents, coaches, and athletes through sports. And one of our chapters is Embracing Failure Can Lead to Fun. And we talked about that because no matter who you are, you will fail. You will make a mistake. And the key thing, I think a great athlete doesn't allow that failure to destroy them. Like Cavell was just sharing, you know, he gets he gets cut until he's going to redshirt his freshman year, and partially because of, even though physically Cavell, you're a very skilled guy, you mentally were not strong enough to handle that. So instead of using that as a challenge to get better, it knocked you down, didn't it? And you you never were able to become the player athlete you wanted to be. Because of that, is it? Would that be a correct assumption? Yeah. yeah okay. No, I, I wasn't able to figure it out until I was about twenty four, twenty five. That's when I was like. So oh, what happened then? What 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 happened when you're twenty four, twenty five? Well, I lived more life. I actually started coaching. So I started seeing myself in these guys that I was coaching. So that made me a prolific explainer. It made me a pro. You know, I remember. Yeah, how I wanted, how I needed things explained to me and told to me. That's how I started doing it, and and there's still guys today that say that they appreciate when I was coaching them and things like that. So that's what helped me. I'm like, all right, so I should have handled it this way. You know, I should have done this rather than this because I just started a war with the coaches, which isn't great. Well, yeah, it, it, and so anger was a big piece of you, wasn't it? Yes. Okay, and and, and anger is something, you know, we all get angry. It, it, it's part of being a person. It's part of being a human being. But how do you react after that? And in, 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 in sports, if you miss a shot or drop a pass or double fault or hit a golf ball in the water, you got to move on. You got to move on to the next play. And and that's where, to me, if you have a foundation of confidence, you'll be upset for a second. Darn it. But then it's like, okay, why did I do that? Let's move on to the next play. But if you're lacking that self-confidence, that destroys you and keeps you from moving on. So for you, because the foundation you had from high school, even though you were physically good, you weren't taught 
about dealing with failure very well, were you? No. And so here you are. You, you're, you're told, well, we're going to redshirt you. Instead of taking that, all right, this sucks. I wanted to play. But this is an opportunity for me to get better. Mm-hmm. This is an opportunity for me to watch what's going on. I mean, I'll tell you a great, great scenario I, I use with a lot of basketball players, high school basketball, college basketball players, both. Everybody likes to start, right? You play sports, you want to start. Only five people get to start. There might be 12 people on the team. So what I tell an athlete who maybe was starting and is told we're going to have you come off the bench, hey, I think that's a great opportunity for you to learn. Because what you can do is instead of feeling sorry for yourself getting down the dumps, saying I suck, I'm terrible, I'm not any good, say, all right, you know what, I'm going to watch what's going on on the court. Or the field, we'll use basketball on the on the court. Who who would I be guarding? Like the person who's taking my place, I'm going to watch who they're guarding. I'm going to watch how that that player plays, d- defensively, offensively. Then when I go out there, when the coach switches me in, I'm going to be in a better mindset because I'll be better prepared. Or you can sulk and feel sorry for yourself, and then you go out there, you're going to play worse and go back to the bench. Does that make sense to you? Oh yeah, for sure. And actually, when I was coaching basketball, that's where I really, you know, like, you know, uh, I had a very good team for a long time. Ask about me. But when I used to have to talk to guys, you know, guys wanted to start or they wanted to be in this position here. I made sure to talk to them and their parents. Well, this is what the issue here. You, you know what I mean? This, this is what this is what this group brings and this is what you bring. You got to identify what is needed and then do that better or just keep doing what you're doing. And then sometimes, yeah, you're just not going to play in front of LeBron James, you know, like and be able to just know who you are, where you are and what you need to do, if that makes sense. A couple of years ago, I had Harrison Bucker and Tommy Townsend on the show. Harrison Bucker, in my opinion, is the best kicker in football. Yeah. I mean, you know, there's two or three great kickers. He's one of them. And he got snubbed just like He Snead. should have made – LeJarius Sneed, we could talk about it. <laughs> LeJarius Sneed should have been on the Pro Bowl, plain, flat, and simple. But we're biased here, you know. Yeah. But he's he's proven he's the, he's the, the best cornerback in, in, in the NFL. Harrison Bucker goes into New England. And this, this is where I think when you look at self-confidence, because when I've listened to him talk – in his interviews, he's talked about this. They go into New England. He hasn't missed a kick all year. I think it was, what, about the 12th or 13th game. First quarter, he misses a 37-yard kick. The ball, like, took a weird you – know, I saw the replay of it. The ball just sort of went off to the right. He said the wind. He didn't – the wind swirled or something. Well, then New England's kicker missed a kick. Then Tommy Townsend had a punt that looked like it died. Well, halftime, the referees came over to the uh, both benches and said, listen, we screwed up. We didn't inflate the balls to 13 pounds per square inch. We, they were at 11. So the balls were flat. You don't hear Harrison Bucker complain about that. Second half, I believe the second half, he kicked a 50, 52 or 54-yard field goal. He did. He did. Okay. And you know, since then he's he's missed one kick, missed one kick against the Raiders. That was it all year. You know, he had that six kick performance a couple weeks ago, and then 
Last night he kicks four, makes all four field goals. All right. What what I listened to him say in his in his interviews. You know, I've, I've got to move on. It's like you're driving a car down the road. You got to keep going till you get to where you, where you, where you want to be. He didn't. He did not let that negative situation knock him down. That's why I see him as someone who has a lot of self confidence. But if you're if you're you know my former co-host Nick Lowry. I work with for 13 years. Nick then did my show with me for about two or three years. When he retired in 1996, he was the most accurate kicker in football, and he kicked more field goals than in the history of football. He's been surpassed now many times by other people, but at that point, he was the very best. He talked about dealing with failure. He talked about dealing with negativity. You got to move on. You're, you're, you know, he, he every year, and he shared this on the show. Every year he wanted, he wanted to make every kick. He never made every kick. The key thing is if he missed a kick, why did he miss it and how did he move on the next time? In fact, the, the, the 12 years, 13 years we worked together, there were only two or three times he missed, I think twice he missed three kicks in a row. One was in Cleveland, and the team, the Chiefs lost 6-6 to game. The end of the game comes in, and this is in the old stadium, the mistake by the lake, as they called it. And I was there when I worked with the Royals. The wind swirled there all the time. Came in to kick a 43-yard field goal at the end of the game. The wind blew it way to the right. Offsides on Cleveland. He now kicks a 38-yard field goal. And because the wind blew the ball to the right, he adjusted where he was aiming it. Kicks it, and the wind blew the ball to the left. Going to overtime, and then he missed a 50-yarder in overtime. Kicking off the infield dirt. I know after that game, he was... Angry, frustrated, and depressed. But he's challenged himself. He says, that's not going to happen again. He goes, I'm not going to let that bother me. He learned from that. That's that's why he is a, an NFL kicker, because he survived. And and that's where self-confidence comes into play. Look, physically, all these guys are great. They're in incredible shape. But where's their mind at? Where's their focus at? Where's their attitude at? You know, this game last night here in Kansas City between the Chiefs and the Dolphins... You heard, you know, a lot of talk before the game. Chiefs players saying, hey, weather's going to be the weather's going to be. Not worried about it. Dolphins players said the same thing. But I, I think it definitely had an impact on what went on last night. And we'll see that in the other playoff games. Confidence, and this has been the whole thing we've, we've discussed today. And, and You know, we'd still love to get some calls in here. If you, if, you co- if you coach, I don't care what sport you coach. I don't care what age it is. Have you ever had an athlete who lacked confidence that you were working with? And if you did, how'd you try to get them to work on that and improve on that? Our phone number is 913-3810-810. If you're an athlete and you feel good about yourself, you come into your game and all of a sudden things don't go well and you, you feel like you've lost your confidence, how do you get it back? Or do you get it back? Or do you feel like you can't? 913 is our number. Give me a call and let's talk. We're on the Leader in Sports, Sports Radio 810 WHB. We'll go to our first break here after we get this. We've got a caller online. We'll get to this, this caller, and then we'll go to our break. Because here, here's the thing. If you play sports, your mindset is going to have an impact on what goes on. What You can be the best trained the best organized, the best focused. 
But when failure hits you, you have two choices. You can either allow it to tear you down or you can let it become a motivator and a catalyst to get better. And that's where I think as as you grow up, you don't let these things happen. I've had many athletes I've worked with who were very physically gifted. But when failure started to hit them, when they moved up a level from youth sports to high school or high school to college or even college professionally, when they've allowed the lack of their confidence to knock them down, they never become the same anymore. And then the failure hits them and tears them down. All right, our phone number here is 913 Let's we're gonna go we're gonna go to this caller, Cavell. Alright, we'll go to a break and we'll come back and take this caller. Give me a call and let's talk. We're on Leader in Sports, Sports Radio eight ten WHB. I'm ready. But that's that's dancing music, my friend. You know, I like to switch it up. Yeah, it, it's still early and it's cold. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. This is the Sports Psychology Hour from our flagship station, Sports Radio 810 WHB here in Kansas City. I'm talking about self-confidence today, how you build it, how you destroy it. And we've got a, a caller on the line. Coach T, good morning, sir. How are you? Hello there. Enjoy your show. Always have. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate you calling in. I'm glad, glad somebody's up listening this morning because it is awfully cold outside. Yeah, I'm on my way to Lone Jack for a youth wrestling tournament. Oh, my goodness. 41st, my 41st year as a coach. And well, then, coach then you, pro- you probably have a lot to talk about here then. Um, I wrote a book about that stuff. My book's called Race in America, A Call to Heal. I wrote it seven years ago, and so I've traveled around the country speaking to corporations, colleges, high schools, churches all over. And I have a section there about sports and, and working with kids and things like that. So I got a lot of experience with that. Well, first of all, congratulations on doing that. Congratulations on what you're doing. And I have a feeling you've got some good stories to share with us. So let me ask this question. Self-confidence is what What does it mean to you? And how do you build it and how do you destroy it? Oh, my goodness. That's, that's you talking about. That's the key word. I tell my coaches that that's the key thing is unlocking their heart and getting them to believe. I put an I can in their spirit, so to speak. And so generally in, in wrestling, um, with my history of wrestling and then being an All-American in college in Central Missouri and then coaching kids from all over in football, wrestling, and baseball, I've seen kids come in that were mothered and soft and scared their own shadow. And it helped, to be, helped some of those kids become champions in life. Uh, I tell them that the most important thing a coach can teach a kid is how to honor Christ and what they in their lives. I teach how to catch football. You're going to take down, but then at some point that ends, and then you're going to be a husband and a dad, and you got to be able to function in our society in that manner. And we struggle in that area, our boys especially. So I, I give a lot of attention to work with young men. I travel all over the country doing clinics, Long Island, New York, Memphis, and Denver. And important things I tell the kids is about teaching them how to go from zero to 100 as far as technique, mental preparation, mental toughness, things like that. And uh, we do have a, a really rough job out there because kids are so defeated. There's so much dysfunction at home and things like that. So I try to help them. Uh, so I do a lot of incentives for our guys, and that's been very helpful. So in other words, 
if our team gets 30 ladles in a tournament, then we have a party. So Hawaiian Brothers or Papa John's or something like that or, or uh, Church of Chicken, whatever, they'll cater a party for us. So the kids go out there and they're thinking about getting that uh, benefit. And so they're doing the techniques that, we show, that we've shown them, and it's been very successful. So when, when, when you've got it, let's, let's take a, an individual athlete you've had before who has come to you, working with you, but they're, they, they keep failing. They keep screwing up. How do you get them to learn from that and grow from that and get better? Or is that just, just an obstacle that can't be overcome? It generally can be overcome. I've taken some of the softest kids in America, and their parents made them wrestle for me, and they didn't want to do it, their parents made them. And uh, so I look at their body type, their temperament. I think in Proverbs it says to train up a child in the way it should go, and he's the only one to depart from it. So in other words, according to their bent or their personality. So I think a kid's body type, his temperament, is he aggressive? Is he passive? Is he real long and skinny? Is he short and strong? Is he fast? Is he slow? And then tailor a set of moves that's going to be beneficial for him. So kind of like an IEP for each kid. And so I, I'm able to watch a kid for a couple of days and see what he can do. And then go in there and tweak what he does, and that's been very successful. But but you don't but but you don't have the same approach to everybody, right? Because everybody's different. Right, they're def- definitely some kids you can get on a little bit. Other kids just have to kind of give a lot of positive affirmation. Uh, so it de- definitely varies on the kid. And I've done it so much, I automatically kind of have a sense of how to do it. And it, like I said, it generally works pretty well. I've worked with thousands of kids. Have you ever felt like you've gotten on somebody too hard? Oh yeah. Covell wants to jump in here. Go ahead, Covell. Oh, Covell. Heck yeah. <laughs> you used to coach Covell, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, and Just a And I was going to say, I can I can vouch for Coach T. Because, like I said, yeah, I never, I never had that type of coaching. And, you know, like, yeah, he was trying to recruit me to come out to play for the school he was coaching at. But I ended up staying where I was at. And it was night and day, the coaching. So I wish I would have. I could go back in time. And put myself in a different situation, but he tried to get me out. <laughs> did you hear, uh, Coach? Did you hear Cavell mention early on when he went to college? He got redshirted his first year, and yep. he was never able to survive that afterwards. What 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 could have been done differently by those coaches to have helped him? Oh man, coaches are terrible. You can put a whistle around anybody's neck, man, and call them a coach. But yeah, they treat kids get treated so bad. I, I've been in so many different practices college practices and watch even some NFL practice and watch how how people are treated. You know, they're just bad. It's real bad like POWs, you know. You don't have to treat a kid like that, you know. I would take that Tony Dungy type approach, you know, uh, and how you treat a kid and build them up instead of uh, tearing them down. So be a Tony Dungy versus a Bill Belichick. You know, screaming and cussing at people and stuff like that. You don't need to do all that. Well, so, yeah. uh, my, my, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, no, I was going to say, you know, Pete Carroll just was let go by the Seahawks. But interesting story, a few years ago, uh, I read in a magazine, I can't remember the, the Raiders coach, 
head coach, he moved on, the, the Raiders head coach moved on to the Seahawks and became their offensive line coach. And in this article, it mentioned he'd been there a year and he said, you know, until I came and worked with Coach Carroll, I didn't know how to coach because I used to yell and scream and cuss guys out. And that's not how he does it here. You know, you work with guys, you talk to them, you listen to them. He goes, once I came here, I became a coach. Before I was here, I was I was an abuser. And it was a very interesting oh, yeah. story. Oh, yeah. <laughs> totally agree with that. Yeah, how you treat your people, man. And, you know, and I worked for FCA, Coastal Christian Athletes, for five years. Uh, but I've been to over 150 FCA camps. So I've met people like uh, Roger Staubach and Tom Landry and uh, Tony Dungy, all kinds of people. And listen to these people talk. And in some, in some cases, watching them work with athletes. And it's, so I learned a ton from some of the best coaches in America, uh, how you treat your kids, you know. And uh, you're only going to do it for a short period of time. So, like, my kids, yesterday I told them about Psalm 90-12. This is the number of your days that you may obtain wisdom. So, in other words, have a few years to impact their lives. So, I want it to be a positive experience. And they get to learn how to be successful in what sport we're doing, but yet how to honor Christ in their lives. And that way, be a man of valor and courage. Cavelli, want to jump in real quick? Yes, and I do want to say... I went to a uh, Coach T brought me to an FCA camp in Pella, Iowa, and I remember. Yeah. We, and I and I remember we were doing a we were doing a scrimmage, and there's a Covell rule because I remember I, I broke on a ball, and I accidentally dislocated a guy's jaw trying to get the ball. So the new rule was everybody had to wear helmets in that scrimmage for, to this day. So I, I I am proud of that. I don't I don't like that the guy got hurt, but I am proud of that. All right, Coach, before I let you go, because we're just about out of time, first of all, thank you so yeah. much for calling. I really appreciate this. What oh, okay. what is what is your definition of self-confidence, and how do you build it up, and how do you destroy it, if you can do it in, in about a minute? Oh, okay. Build them try. When a kid loses a match, you just set a screaming yell at them, you shake their hand, you look them in the eye, and tell them we're going to work on that in practice, you know. And I say, you win your matches in practice. When they have confidence, you got to keep them. Proverbs 6 and 18 says, pride comes for the fall. So you can't get too prideful. you got to keep working. And so we work on work ethic, uh, being consistent, and being a leader. I foster leadership in kids there. So that's how you build that confidence. And to not, you know, I, I always tell everyone I work with to not be afraid to fail. Use it as oh, yeah. a motivator, as, as, as a catalyst to get better. Because no matter what you do, I mean, what's perfection in sports doesn't exist, right? Well, sir, I want to thank you for calling up. I'd love to have you on as a guest sometime. Cavell's going to hold you on here as, as we get off the air. I want to talk to you. But thank you for calling in. I really appreciate it, and, and thanks for uh, your comments this morning. Keep up the great work, sir. Okay, thank you very much. You know, the reason I do this show is because of callers like Coach T. Okay, the whole whole reason that I'm here is to help people understand positives and negatives Success, failure, all these types of things. I've played sports my whole life. I'm going to be athletic until I until I'm not around anymore. And I love the idea of competition, of seeing what you can do. Self confidence to me is the ability to believe in your skills, your abilities, your talents, your skills. It's the easiest thing in the world to destroy. It's the hardest thing to build up if you look at it that way. But if you look at it the other way, it's a great thing to challenge yourself to get better at because if you do. You don't know how good you can be. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. Hope you enjoy the show. Our shows are podcasted everywhere, all the major apps. You can listen to it on my website, which is winnersunlimited.com. 
send me an email at drj at winnersunlimited.com. I am taking on new clients. You can always give me a call at my office at 816-561-5556. Follow me on Twitter at DRJ Sports Psych. Love to hear from you if you have comments or questions, you have a topic you'd like me to bring up on this show. Love for you to give me a call, send me an email, let me know what you'd like to talk about. I'm here to do this show to help you guys out, help us all get better, and enjoy what we're doing. Take care, be safe, especially here in, in the Midwest where it's so cold. Be careful out there. We'll talk to you next Sunday here in the Leader in Sports, Sports Radio 810 WHB.